I think this this subject matter is so overwhelming and you can feel so small and helpless and just all it takes is you know you don't have to be a hero right but that um, completely changed the whole yeah, conversation exactly did it really happen that way who knows but I, I love how they portrayed that mm-hmm. in the movie. Yep. I that was kind of cool Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. And today we have a very special guest. We have our Director of Logistics, Diane Ernat, with us today. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. Sure. We asked uh, Diane to join us because she also loves movies, and she I think she makes a point to see all of the Oscar nominations. I try. So, and that brings us to today's subject we decided before the oscar nominations or the oscar wins what before the oscars we decided to watch the winner of the best picture and the winner was green book so uh before we get into the movie i kind of wanted to talk about the oscars a little bit Mm -hmm. this year was interesting i try to watch the oscars every single year i love the oscars it's my favorite award show it's i just love movies as you guys probably figured out by this point um and there's just always always something interesting that happens, like the, the best picture debacle of a few years ago. Did you guys watch that live? Yes. yes. Oh, it was amazing. Hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I was like yelling at Jake to come see it. He missed it. But that was definitely special. But this year they didn't have a host, as you know, because of all of the controversy with Kevin Hart. And I think they just decided, let's just not have a host, which apparently has been done before. And I actually kind of liked it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And Jimmy Kimmel tweeted, he's like, I don't think I'll ever be asked to host the Oscars again. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I hope not. I loved that there was somebody different. Yeah. The announcing. only thing I missed was the intro. Because I think in years past, like the uh, Billy Crystal intro or, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big part of the show, I think. And I can't really yep. remember how they opened it this year. I think maybe it was Wasn't just it images. Wasn't it with Queen? Oh, yeah, that was pretty big. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that every year, though, right. you know. <laughs> but, it, yeah, true. I guess that's that was probably um, for that reason. But I remember Neil Patrick Harris when he hosted. He mm-hmm. had just, like, that huge musical number that was right. really fun. Um, Ellen, when she, you know, had that selfie that mm-hmm. everyone remembers and talks about, she – was it pizza that she handed out? Mm. I don't know. Wasn't there Girl Scout cookies one year? Didn't they hand out Girl Scout cookies? I think that was the same year. Like, they just had, like, treats and snacks for everybody. Yeah. Just to to be at the Oscars and to, you know, be able to be a part of something like that seems extraordinary. Have you you gone back and seen some of, like, the bad hosts? There was um, uh, David Letterman one year with the uh, Oprah Uma. It was it was bad. If you have time, <laughs> go Google like worst Oscar host or David Letterman at the Oscars. Wasn't yes. Anne Hathaway and Anne Hathaway and James Franco? That was a horrible oh, that one. Was bad. That one was really bad. Um, and you know, Seth MacFarlane also was not very good. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, with his sense of humor, I don't like dislike him by mm. any means. But I just when I heard about that, I was like, that's a really big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. is just not, ugh, that one wasn't good either. It didn't but work out. I thought it was really nice. They didn't have a host. And I mean, the show is long. It's like four hours long, but it felt shorter just because mm-hmm. there wasn't so many, you know, interludes and commentary in between. They just kind of kept going. The list of winners um, included um, Bohemian Rhapsody won a lot. I know a lot of people wanted that to win Best Picture, but it obviously didn't. Um, but 
Oh my gosh, Rami, Rami, Rami Malik, Rami Malik won Best Actor. Uh, Diane, you've seen Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Neither of us have. What do you? Oh. What's your opinion? Wait, pause. <laughs> Why have you not seen Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't know. I just haven't. I love Queen. I don't know. I just haven't seen it yet. You, it, you really should see it in the theater. It's, um, it's a neat production. So I think it might be back still. Maybe. Maybe. If you can, if you can find it somewhere, you need to see it. But my, my opinion, um, I, I think that there were other more deserving actors. Yeah. Who could have won, but that's every year at the Oscars. Yeah. It's not always the best person. So he transformed himself, but there was other people who it was a bigger stretch to transform themselves. Yeah, I think it was just one of those, you know, the right year, the right time, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like the year that uh, Matthew McConaughey won for Best Actor. I was so upset because I was really rooting for Leo, who eventually won a few years later. But that was like a pity win for Leo, don't you think? <laughs> he did so good in The Revenant, though. He almost died. I think they were just kind of like, give him an Oscar before this man like kills himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, What's next? And honestly, he hasn't really been doing a lot since. So I almost feel like he was like, all right, I'm going to win my Oscar. Then I'm going to go save the environment. <laughs> and then like go on some yachts with some hot models. Remind Is, me, what did Matthew McConaughey win for? Dallas Buyers Club. Oh. I own that movie. I haven't seen it. What? But I've heard it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, that's good. It's and he lost like 60 pounds for yeah. that movie. It takes your breath away, the yeah, movie. Good. It really does. It really does. We'll add that one to our list one of these mm-hmm. days. We should we should watch like all the Best Picture winners yes. at some point. That would be fun. Oh, yes. Quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> My job is to review movies now. Okay, so moving on to Green Book. So yes. when I found out that this one, the movie had already been kind of clouded over in controversy. And I know that um, Spike Lee, who directed uh, Black Klansman, was visibly upset. Uh, I think there's like a meme of him, just like the face he made when when they announced the winner. And I don't even think it was just because his movie didn't win. I think, which by the way, Spike Lee, that was his first Oscar win ever That's when he crazy. won for crazy. Was it adapted screenplay? Yes, best adapted screenplay. Um, yeah, he never won one before, which I find wow. incredible. But um, we'll kind of go over into some of the controversies over this. It's not just the content or the subject matter, but there's a lot about uh, just the making of this movie, Mm -hmm. the writing. And the portrayal of some of the actors Mm -hmm. and the storyline. Yep. But um, let's just kind of real quick go over the plot. And as uh, it needs to be said, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen this movie yet, uh, we'll be kind of going over everything. So... Um, Make sure to wait to listen until you've seen it. Or if you don't feel like seeing it and just kind of want to know what happens, feel free to stick around. So the movie starts off in 1962 with our uh, our lead character, Tony, who works at the Copacabana. He is a bouncer. Um, and you find out that the Copa is uh, closing for remodeling for a few months. So he needs to find another job. And so um, he you find out he lives in the Bronx and this... Uh, pretty small apartment with his wife, Linda Cardinelli, who I absolutely love. She's amazing. Love her. Love her. She's great. Um, and there are two kids, uh, Frankie and Nikki. And it's this really tight-knit, tight-knit Italian yeah. yep. neighborhood. They Tony speaks Italian, and mm-hmm. it's kind of this, uh, they do the big family-style dinners all the time, and they're doing all the family stuff all the time. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. I found that interesting. My, my dad's parents immigrated from Sicily oh so 
Um, I thought that was interesting. And, and you'll get to this, but the, I was a little surprised at their um, racism, though. Oh, yeah. Not having grown up in that, I was, as, as an Italian-American, I was like, hey, wait a minute. But Interesting. It was the Bronx, and we were in Omaha. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wakes up. You know, he works nights, so he sleeps. He wakes up. His whole family's there watching a baseball game, and uh, there are some African-American men working on the sink. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony actually throws away the glasses that mm-hmm. they used when they drink some water, which, I mean, there are a lot of scenes like that in this movie. Like, I know it's part of, you know, the times, but there are times that I audibly was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. the both of us, I was like <clears throat> gasping and like, what? Yeah. It was like, it was crazy that the, the things that. Well, and there's the been movie. a lot of movies and and, uh, some documentaries this year that um, are kind of educational in a way. Mm -hmm. So by the time I saw this, I was a little immersed in that and had just seen the documentary, The 13th. Oh, um, yes. And which kind of goes into a little bit of history of where this kind of ignorance came from, you know, and and Mm -hmm. what it actually looked like. So, yeah, I was sad to see that. It's it's upsetting. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets a call from, I think it's a, a friend of his that says, hey, I got a job for you to be a driver. And he goes to uh, Dr. Shirley uh, Mahershala Ali's character. Uh, he goes to his uh, apartment, which is above Carnegie Hall. And it's this beautiful Amazing. apartment, just completely decked out in very lavish, extravagant uh, souvenirs from I mean he even had what elephant tusks yeah, yeah. all these crazy artifacts a throne and, yeah a throne, a throne. <laughs> on a stage <laughs> um, and he immediately is kind of set off like who am I driving for and um, they well they tell him he's a doctor and is he actually a doctor or did he just say he was a doctor he's a PhD okay yep. um, and he explains that you know he's going on tour to the south in the midwest he is a uh, classically trained pianist. Uh, he's played for the president before. It's, you know, very, uh, very well-known, highly sought-out musician. Mm-hmm. And he starts off by saying, you know, I don't just need you to drive. You know, I, I, I named you because I know that basically you could protect me. And there's a scene in the very beginning where Tony you know, pulls this man out of the Copacabana and almost beats him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that he's kind of a tough guy. So um, after a little bit of hesitation, he decides he'll do it. And after talking to his wife, um, you know, and I honestly don't know what the rate would be today, but he will pay him 150 a week for eight weeks. I think that's probably quite a bit of money at mm-hmm. that time. Um, and so they embark on this journey. So I didn't know what the Green Book was, but it's actually based on a real uh, travel guide for mm-hmm. African-Americans that was uh, written by Victor H. Green. It was continuously updated from the 30s through the 60s. It was a guide for African-American travelers, uh, giving them safe places where they could go, where they wouldn't be uh, rejected, harassed, or even arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, so different restaurants, hotels, things like that. And so they use this book throughout the movie as they go on their travels, especially in the Jim Crow South to know where they're going to be safe right and there are a few times where tony actually has a different place than Mm -hmm. dr shirley because of you know how deeply segregated it was at the time um and over the course of the film you know tony obviously starts off as very heavily racist Mm -hmm. but he you know learns a lot about himself he learns you know and he even talks about you know i'm 
he said like I'm more black than you at one point in the movie because you know he grew up so poor and you know he, he likes fried chicken yeah. and <laughs> he, you know he's unrefined yeah you yeah know. Uh, well then that's not I think they you have one person who's very sophisticated and like taking the color out of it mm-hmm. you know I think that's kind of where they kind of came together mm-hmm. yeah you know like um that they helped each other discover that side mm-hmm. of the other person I think mm-hmm. but and, uh, yeah, the, the fried chicken scene's kind of funny, <laughs> especially where, uh, you know, they finish and they're throwing the bones out the window and Shirley is just like, like, what? And then so he throws it out and kind of laughs and then Tony throws out like a, a the plastic cup, cup <laughs> and his face just falls and he makes him go back yeah. and pick it up. I thought yeah. that was so funny. Um, and there are obviously some points where there is a little bit of trouble, uh, you, I, I wish they kind of delved into this more, but um, Dr. Shirley is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of get that feeling mm-hmm. from how much he drinks. Um, and he stumbles into a bar in Kentucky and mm-hmm. um, gets beaten up pretty badly. And Tony basically threatens the patrons of the bar that are going to beat him up. Like, I have a gun. Like, just let him go. Nothing bad will happen. And you you think he's bluffing at first, but then later on he actually does have a gun. We find out later in the movie. Um, but th- that's the first one. And he says, you know, I don't want you to go anywhere without me now. And uh, there's another scene later in the movie where uh, he, I guess, Shirley is, I wouldn't say gay, but uh, just a, a queer man. Mm-hmm. He uh, um, gets caught at a YMCA with a white man um, and they're arrested and they're, you know, saying pretty awful things about him, saying, like, oh, we could let him go, but we won't. Mm-hmm. And, again, Tony kind of has to step in and, you know, get him released. And then a third time they get pulled over, which actually uh, I have a bunch of notes in front of me. I was reading about this. This is actually it was Shirley's favorite story to tell about mm-hmm. his travels when they get pulled over for the ticket. And, uh and Tony's like, what, you know, we just got lost. We kind of went, you know, took a back road. Now we don't know where we are. But apparently in that area of the country, if you were African-American, you couldn't be out at night. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the big thing at first. And then he, you know, uh, the cop says a racial slur to him because he's Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, he punches the cop in the face and they both get arrested and sent to jail. Shirley actually makes a call to, is it Bobby Kennedy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> gets gets bailed out that way. And um, there's a little turmoil where, I, I love this line, where Shirley says, if I'm not black enough and I'm not white enough, what am I? Because, you know, he's... You and know, I'm not man enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's a very sad, sad person. And they eventually make it to their last show. And it's in Alabama. In Birmingham mm-hmm. at some, what would you call it? Like, like a country, country club? club? Yeah, it was like a, a big club. country club. Yep. Um, and they have a, it's really sad. His like dressing room is basically a closet. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them, oh, and I, did, I don't know if we mentioned earlier, but he they are a, a trio. He mm-hmm. has two string uh, players with him as well, in addition to the, the piano. And they all are going to go to dinner, but they won't let Shirley come in just based on tradition. And eventually, uh, and there's a point earlier in the movie where, where Shirley says, you know, oh, you only care about making your money. Like, you don't really care about me and, you know, the struggles that I'm going through. But 
Tony in the end decides like, hey, if they won't let you eat here, then we can leave. And so that last show, then that's the only way he was going to get paid a second half was to mm-hmm. make sure they went to every single show. The record company made that very clear in the beginning and they ended up not going and just uh, drove home. Mm-hmm. And uh, they drive through a snowstorm, somehow make it back in time for Christmas Eve. And Tony invites Shirley to come up with him. He declines, and you think he leaves, but then eventually he shows up at the door and is welcomed by all of his family, and that's kind of how the movie ends. One thing I did forget was he, Tony wrote letters home to his wife, yeah. and Shirley helped him because he was not a man of words. Mm-hmm. Which kind He of couldn't reminds- write very well. Yeah. Or he he described very- his food. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't very <laughs> articulate, and very short sentences sounded like something a second grader would write home to their mom from camp it was very (laughs) very basic and it's so cute when you know he walks in and dr shirley meets tony's wife she's like thank you for helping him with the letters she she just knew so sweet it was and then the movie ends it's about two hours long about two hours and ten minutes um and a little bit of information on that actually that's pretty spectacular about this movie is it has already driven past $200 million worldwide for uh, ticket sales, um, even $27 million in China. It's like a big movie in China. It's yeah. like a really, really big movie They in love China it there. I, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I just, in doing a little bit of research on it, I saw they were like, why is Green Book so big in China? And the Chinese, <sighs> just, they just love it. They love it. It actually doubled. Maybe it's because of the KFC, because apparently Chinese <laughs> well, people, they are obsessed with KFC. Or maybe it's Vigo. Uh, was he in another movie that was very popular there? Maybe they're just Ooh. following one of the actors. I yeah, who knows? Who knows? But it doubled its theater count in North America after the Oscars. It grossed an additional $4.7 million to mark the biggest Oscar bump since The King's Speech, which mm. won in 2011. <sighs> haven't seen that one either. I, I have. <laughs> yeah, see, that, this is why Diane's here. She's yes. seen all the all That's the actually movies. the only movie I've ever seen in a theater by myself. Oh, really? Yes. Really? I saw Wolf First of Wall last. Street by myself. Oh, I have not seen that. <laughs> I've seen a lot by myself in the theaters. I wa- I, you know, the, what is wrong with that? You know, there's this stigma. Not a like, thing. There's a stigma of like going out in public by yourself, especially like to a movie or to dinner. But no. if it wasn't so expensive and I had more time, I would definitely go to more movies by myself. I like to watch movies by myself because I feel like every time I see it with somebody else, there's always somebody talking, which actually this is really funny. Side story. So when Allison, Allison and I saw this together the other day in the theater, and there was this older woman that kept answering her phone in the theater multiple times, and she wasn't even trying to be quiet. And I just oh kind of look goodness. over like, ma'am, yeah. and when you we, need to leave. When we saw it, it was the vast majority of folks that were in the audience in the theater. Granted, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They were very – many of them were older. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm like 60 plus 65 70 many many older people and the gentleman that was sitting next to me he even said i heard him lean over and say to his wife man we've come a long way since then huh oh Mm -hmm. and have we i mean it's crazy we obviously jamie and i are younger born in the 90s we never experienced 
this uh, colored whites only, this segregation. Mm -hmm. And it's so insane. The scene when he is performing at someone's private home and the owner of the home tells Dr. Shirley that he cannot use the bathroom inside. He can go use the outhouse out back. And and the owner uh, who's white, he's like, well, I haven't had any complaints about it. And Dr. Shirley makes Tony drive him back to his hotel Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. use the restroom. Right. That and part was pretty hard to watch, too. It's crazy. It's like you invite this man into your home to entertain your guests, even though he's black, and you, I'm assuming you're paying for him to do yeah. this, and you won't even let him use the restroom. Well, and, and it's, you know, you asked the question, have we, have you, either of you two seen Black Klansman yet? No, I want to see that one next. That's where I like to lay these, those two movies, you know, next to each other, because I feel like that movie does a really good job of driving that point home. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but um, see that movie. Um, and it, it has a, a really powerful ending that is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't want to spoil it. But we'll it's about a lot of race relations. Yeah. It's, it's basically, um, you know, and, and, and I don't, don't know if you want to talk about other movies, but I was not familiar with Spike Lee's um, like movie making style so it was a lot to take but once I got to the end I I totally understood it so it's a good movie I I definitely especially after you know just kind of reading up on this movie which we'll get into shortly um and just the differences in how racism is portrayed in these two movies I feel like I've heard consistently that black Klansman does a better job it's around the same time isn't black Klansman more like the 70s yeah and it, it like this i feel like i mean it's it's good either way but mm-hmm. it's it's um it's i think for maybe a, a wider audience um w-i-d-e-r <laughs> <laughs> um but black Klansman was so upsetting and i the whole time i'm thinking this is this is horrible this is over the top this can't be real why am I hearing these horrible things? I mean, it's it's a lot to, mm-hmm. to hear and take, and then um, and then he does a good job of, of helping you understand. Nope, this is actually happening, mm-hmm. and and here's proof. Mm-hmm. So um, so your point about Green Book being for a wider audience? Well, I feel like um, people don't want to. They, they don't want to see that reality. They don't no. want to take the time to educate themselves mm-hmm. and it's, and kind of look. I mean, even though you didn't do it, I didn't do it, but look in the mirror as a society and, and um, say not just, yes, this happened in ni- – I was born in 1965. So I look – because that's when I was doing a little bit of research and the, the Jim Crow laws were until then, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're fortunate enough to live in a part of the country. I think you don't, we don't see as much racism – Perhaps Tony, who they claim was never more than an employee to the musician, the movie makes it out that they were these lifelong friends and they, you know, really kind of learned a lot about each other. The movie only focuses for about two months of their, you know, employee employer relationship, but they actually traveled together for over a year. And um, yeah, again, the film was co-written by Tony's son, um, based on interviews with its two principal characters, but without the Shermley family say any consultation with them. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not do that? Right. But supposedly, in another article I found, uh, a friend of Shirley said that when 
he was originally consulted to do this movie, Nick reached out to um, both his father and Dr. Shirley. And Dr. Shirley at first was hesitant. He didn't want him to make a movie about him until he had died. And he died in 2013. And so the family said, yeah, we know that, you know, he had originally said no. After that, we don't know what happened. Hmm. So, um, So that's a little interesting. Also, yeah, he had said that, Dr. Shirley said, if you are going to make a movie about me, I don't want you consulting anyone else. Oh, and which would include his family members, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. But again, with his family members, they said that, you know, the movie portrays uh, Shirley. He wasn't close with his family. He didn't really talk to them. Yeah, he says like, oh, I have a brother. If he wants to reach out to me, he knows how to reach me. And I honestly thought at the end when he was sitting alone in his apartment after getting dropped off on Christmas Eve, I thought it was going to be this moment where he reached out to his brother. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I thought that would have been awesome. But, you know, he ended up going to Tony's. But I read something that Mahershala Ali called Dr. Shirley's nephew, I believe, mm-hmm. and apologized to him for mm-hmm. right. some Personally of the... Personally apologized. Yeah, he because I think he was a little bit ignorant to the fact until the movie came out and then, you know, shrouded in all this controversy. Right. Well, I would imagine, mm-hmm. like, you're an actor, you're trusting um, the producers or what, whatever, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do, like, intense research on every single role. So he probably right. trusted that they were portraying to him how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was... You know, I want to kind of go back to, you know, you got to the very end of the movie, the part where... Um, Dr. Shirley comes back to Tony's house because there's one of my favorite scenes is when the the family's all sitting around the table, this big Italian American family before he um, before Dr. Shirley got there, and one of his family members made a um, a racial slur, mm-hmm. and all that he said was, "Hey, don't say that," and that was it. Yeah, And I love it because it's like, you know, I think this, this subject matter is so overwhelming and you can feel so small and helpless and just all it takes is, you know, you don't have to be a hero. Right. But that um, completely changed the whole yeah, conversation. Yeah, exactly. Did it really happen that way? Who knows? But I, I love how they portrayed that mm-hmm. in the movie. Yep. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, a little bit more information on what I was just talking about. Uh, so Nick had originally reached out in the 80s about making this movie. Mm -hmm. Nick approached his father and Shirley about making a movie about their friendship for reasons that are now contested. Shirley rebuffed these requests at the time. According to an interview with uh, Nick in Time Magazine, Shirley gave his blessing but told him wait until he died. Um, Shirley's nephew, Edwin Shirley, later told Time in an email it was maybe 35 years ago when he approached Uncle Donald the first time. He refused to give his permission. Then what happened after? I don't know. and then on to just kind of uh, the press tour. There was a lot of backlash about this movie. Uh, the Root said it spoon feeds racism to white people. Mm-hmm. The New York Times wrote that the film had very little that can't be described as crude, obvious, and borderline offensive. Hmm. IndieWire labeled Shirley's character sole purpose in the film was to change a white man for the better, which we did kind of touch on that a little mm-hmm. bit. That um, yeah, it was it was Shirley who kind of brought you know this man to, you know his uh, like evolved him to being this man who was aware of racial injustice around him. Mm-hmm. Like he is like like he finally his eyes are opened and he's this forever changed person. One interaction and. In, most people's opinion is not going to change somebody and 
make them abandon all of their former racist ideologies. The family also said that uh, Edwin Shirley, again, his nephew, said the character so superbly played by Mahershala Ali was simply not the Uncle Donald I knew, Hmm. which um, is interesting. They made a commercially successful popular movie, but in the process distorted and diminished the life of one of the two main characters. They've impaired the integrity of Donald Shirley's life with events and innuendos that just don't run, that just run counter to the man I knew, which is interesting. But then countering that, a lot of uh, Don Shirley's friends said that they absolutely adored this movie. Um, Michael Capen, Capen, I probably butchered that. He was a friend of his said that um, Shirley would tell him stories from his life, including the trip uh, portrayed in the movie. He would relay anecdotes about his driver and would tell him about the speeding ticket. Like I said, he said that's one of his favorite stories to tell. Um, he and other friends of Shirley were over the moon when they saw the movie. Mahershala really got the inner anger, the sense of solitude, the complete dignity he always had in his interest in helping people. It was like he was brought back to life. So I find that interesting that his family says that this is not who he was. Mm-hmm. His friends say it was. It's it's interesting to me. Um, you know, maybe, honestly, I don't know. Um, it could be his family maybe didn't really know him. Or mm-hmm, it could right. be just, you know, everyone has different perspectives and opinions on the people in their lives you know not everyone thinks the same of each other Mm -hmm. so I thought that was interesting about about his friends I did not know that part so I wanted to bring that up but Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the music a little bit yes I did a little bit of research on this so um, Dr. Shirley's albums he recorded those obviously back in the 50s 60s and beyond on vinyl and he didn't have any sheet music for them whatsoever so they had someone they brought someone aboard um his name is chris and he previously worked with actually jay-z kanye and pharrell a couple Mm -hmm. other recording artists and he was classically trained from the age of four years old he went to juilliard and he's an incredible pianist um who is also black and he had to listen to all of his music had to um, write it all out, you know, write all the music for it, record it, and train some of the other people on it, including Mahershala Ali. He gave him some lessons, per se, but mm-hmm. when they actually recorded the film, it's Chris's hands mm-hmm. playing. Oh, interesting. And they taught Mahershala for three months on how to have the posture and how to play simple chords and um you know sit at the piano so he looked like a real pianist and then you know post-production and they did a lot of editing so they had to match up their hand movements a lot and chris was the one who who played it and it's pretty incredible that he had to listen to these songs over and over and over again to transcribe everything Mm -hmm. and train everyone and he wrote the score for the entire film wow which that's that's awesome i love that they do that because i think that's one of the most exciting things about movies like this about musicians is it really i know it's not him doing it but it looks like it is it really did you yeah you could just say editing in general was very well done and the scene where they are in is it orangemans i think that was the name of the bar at the very end at the it was like the all black mm-hmm. bar where uh, Dr. Shirley, you know, he's playing with, he goes up and he starts playing, I'm assuming it's like Chopin or something. 
Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh, it that's gave beautiful. Me, I'm it, getting, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it gave me goosebumps to think about yes. it. Now it gives me goosebumps because it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and he was like, nobody can play Chopin like me. Yeah. And truly, this this man, Chris, he said that he was a, a genius of a musician and a way better musician mm-hmm. than he, than Chris is. And um, Was he a child prodigy, did he say in the movie? Did he indicate that he started? He started young. Young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the, I, I feel like that scene in the bar where the patrons, like the way that they are looking at him and the way that he is raising them up, I think, mm-hmm. is similar to the scene where the, the car's broken down and there's people working in a field. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe that, that that was 1962 yeah. and there were people working in a field like that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like that it was kind of that same connection. Like it was, it was... I think a raising up in a way, and that's a lot of yeah, how far we can go. Well, and that's a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot to bear. I think for one person, for him, I, I think yeah. you know, but that 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 was emotional. I thought, yeah, definitely. I I 100% agree. Okay, so let's just kind of go over our personal reviews. We go on a five star rating system, like mm. we do with you know the movies. Okay. For this movie, it's hard to rate it, you know, because I did like this movie. I felt really guilty after watching it, in a way. Hmm. Um, I I was kind of conflicted about it, but I think it was intended to be a feel-good story, although it might have been a little naive in that (laughs) way. Um, But it it did make me feel good after I saw it. Um, It did or did not? It did. Mm -hmm. I did feel good after I saw it. conflicting feelings and all I would probably give it I think 3.5 out of 5 and I give it that rating because I thought the acting from both leads was superb Mm -hmm. I thought they both did a great job and Mahershala actually won the Golden Globe and the Oscar for his part um, which I thought was very well deserved I thought that the I loved the scenery. I loved the classic cars. Yes. I loved um, everything. Felt very sixties, uh, including the racism. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But especially just the scenery, the cars, yeah, the clothes. It's um, they did a really good job with that. The music was incredible. Yeah. Um, I thought that uh, the way it was told could have been a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. There were some real moments, but they felt so short lived. Mm-hmm. You know, especially. When you, you know, the, the homosexual scene was very just quickly, mm-hmm. it's over. You know, there wasn't really much touching on that, which mm-hmm. I know that wasn't really the point of the movie, but I wish there had been a little bit more on on Dr. Shirley's background, like why mm-hmm. he was the way he was, why he was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, you know, why he wasn't close to this family, supposedly. Um, I just wish there were more about that, uh, but the movie was long enough, you know. I feel like it couldn't have made it too much longer without it uh, dragging. Right. But overall, I did enjoy it. I would love to watch the rest of the Oscar nominations. I only saw Black Panther and A Star is Born. So I can't really say if I felt it deserved best fit picture. Just from seeing it, I I don't think so. Right. But, you know, there have been some uh, upsets in best picture winners before. Uh, this definitely won't be the last. Um, I'd definitely like to see the rest of the nominations to see, to have a true opinion on that. But overall, you know, it definitely is a movie that makes you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my thoughts are on on it. I walked out of the theater thinking like holy shit that was not that long ago and there were so many awful things even though they you know they used 
the n-word in it there was other racial slurs um not even i mean towards italians towards asians Mm -hmm. there was an unspoken racism towards a man of east indian descent Mm -hmm. there was a lot of um a lot of racial undertones and i was like Mm -hmm. gosh like my parents were both alive when these Mm -hmm. type of things were happening and that's crazy to me um and some of the things like no uh, blacks out after dark. That was mm-hmm. crazy to me. I, I could not believe it. Um, I thought that at the beginning of Vigo Mortensen's portrayal of Tony was his acting was a little shoddy, but it got better. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that he Vigo played the role very well, as did Mahershala. Um, but similarly, it wasn't like so profound that I walked out of the theater and I thought, oh, my gosh, this was the most amazing movie of the year yeah mm-hmm. type of thing so um i'm gonna have to give it 3.5 stars i wish that um similarly all the controversy that's surrounding it i wish they would have dug more into dr shirley because there's a lot of unanswered questions you know yeah. he talks about his family he's not close to his brother his ex-wife and um, some other things and they don't really talk about you know, they say that they're lifelong friends and they died within a few months of each other. But the only picture that there's one picture of them together that they show from real uh-huh. life. And then there's no other pictures of them. So really, how close of friends were they? If they yep. were mm-hmm. like apparently friends for 50 years. So 3.5 stars. Okay. I would say I'm kind of lenient when it comes to rating things and liking things. Um, but I think it would have been neat if they had made a movie based on somebody's life because I think some of it maybe is maybe he didn't want the movie made till after he died because he didn't want people to know about his personal life it's true you know um I I I actually was um getting online to see if there's a book like is this based on a book I want to dig into it and learn more you know um I like movies um I liked it as a movie it was well made the music was good the acting was good I didn't get bored I would give it a four um, I would say um, keep watching and keep you know watching movies like this. Um, just read that book, The Hate You Give. There's there's a lot of information mm-hmm. out there right now um, that will help uh, our your generation, my generation, <laughs> um, learn this stuff so we can stop doing it. Yeah. Right. But no, I, I would give it a four and I would encourage everybody to see it as a good movie. And it's also one of those movies that it's OK if you don't see it in a theater. I'm kind of big on that, too. If yeah. you miss the boat. Um, so for you two, I want to drag you next year to the Oscar nominated movie film festival. Mm. OK. I love that. Yes. It's it, we have to kind of give up your life for two Saturdays because <laughs> it's literally like 10 and 12 hours long. Two weekends. I, I usually, I've, the last two years I've gone one of the two because I can't do both. Um, my family would, they wouldn't like that. Um, I have no responsibilities. So, so then go. there you go. <laughs> but I would highly recommend that. It's super fun. And you feel kind of like a boss. You get a lanyard and everything. So Ooh. speaking of which, and I know this doesn't air until later, but the Omaha Film Festival is this week. Oh, So Ooh. get out there and it's at Exarbon and uh, watch that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, 
you can definitely still see this movie in theaters. Uh, Allison and I did just the other day. But I also saw that it is available on iTunes to buy. You can buy this movie. I didn't buy it. I wasn't sure. I honestly don't know how iTunes works with that. If you can like buy it and then immediately watch it or if you have to wait. I don't know. But it is available on iTunes to buy. But honestly, it's cheaper to go see it in the theater. Hmm. Um, so while it's still out, you can definitely go see it. Uh, and I would really love to know your guys' opinion on this movie. Um, what, what did you think of it? Especially, you know, controversy included everything that came after it was released. What do you think? Even if you grew up or have lived in a place in the deep South, like if you lived in Birmingham or Louisiana, um, some of these places that they traveled to, I think that perspective would Mm -hmm, be really unique. Um, because even when I've traveled to the South, I've seen the things, you know, just in 2018, I've seen people flying confederate flags still in south carolina which is insane to me but you know how so you know it's a good question of how far have we really come from yeah from things like this i agree well everyone uh that concludes our oscar best picture episode of atlas now streaming next week uh because we will be one day from saint patrick's day we will be reviewing uh, I almost said Boondock Saints. <laughs> we talked about Boondock Saints. <laughs> no, we will be reviewing The Departed, which is one of my favorite movies with uh, my fave Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so watch out for that one next week. And uh, as always, leave us recommendations on what you want us to review. I know we haven't done a television show since the beginning. So if there's anything on Netflix or Hulu that just came out, especially if it's one season, if it's a new show and you want us to review it, please give us ideas because we're always looking for new ideas. And uh, until then, we will see you next time. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.